0: Hey, y'all. This is Pastor Michelle. You're listening to my sermon from Sunday, February 18th, 2024. It's based on Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 through 17, and the title is God's Pursuit of Relationship with You. If you'd like to find out more about my church or get in touch with me, please, please reach out at liminsterumc.org. Thanks for listening. Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you for your presence here in our midst today. Help us to be aware of you and your Holy Spirit moving in this place. We ask now that you would open our hearts and our minds and our ears to hear what you would have us know today, either through my words, Lord, or in spite of them. Would you please speak a word to your people? Amen. So, I would like to start this morning's sermon with a little Bible trivia. Does anyone know the names of Noah's three sons? Oh my goodness. Okay. As soon as I tell you. Shem. Let's try it again. Ham and Shim. Ham and Shim, you're right, you're right. Okay, good. The third one shares a name with your husband, Karen. Japheth. Yeah, woo! Okay, Shim, Ham and Japheth. Good. We got it together. Teamwork, teamwork. Good good job, guys. So this morning, I would like us to imagine what this story must have been like for Shem, Ham, and Japheth, three of the people who experienced it firsthand. Now for the brothers, the story probably begins when they notice that their dad is building a boat Let's say they go over to Noah's house for dinner one evening and find their old man out in the driveway with a hammer nailing a bunch of beams of wood together. Now, admittedly, Dad has always been a bit of an odd guy. When the boys were growing up, he was always praying and talking to God, and his moral compass was annoyingly straight. Shem, Ham, and Japheth were the last of their friends to be allowed to go on dates or see PG-13 movies. But this whole boat thing is another level entirely. And so that night at dinner, the brothers decide that it's time to stage an intervention. Shem begins the conversation sheepishly, Dad... We're, we're a little concerned about your new project. Hearing their concern, Noah decides that it's time to explain himself and justify his new obsession. And so he explains to his sons the backstory of the giant half-built boat out in the driveway. He says, well, boys, God told me that he has seen all of the bad things happening in the world and how evil people have become. In fact, society has gone so downhill that God actually said that he regrets creating humans in the first place. And so as punishment, he is planning to destroy us with a flood. Now, fortunately, Noah continues, God has looked upon me with favor because of my righteous lifestyle. And so God told me to build this boat in order for me and for our family to be saved when the flood comes. Now, Shem, Ham, and Japheth must have had some mixed feelings about all of this. Even if they did believe their dad, and let's say that they did believe him, the thought of a flood destroying the entire world is really scary. Their homes will be washed away, their businesses will be destroyed, their friends will be killed. Furthermore, they probably have a mixture of feeling relief and feeling guilt that they are being spared on account of their dad's faithfulness. After all, they aren't the ones who have been praying and living righteous lives. They aren't the ones who have found favor with God. If it wasn't for Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth would be drowned along with everybody else. But perhaps more than anything, The most terrifying and downright disturbing thought of all is the thought of an all-knowing, all-powerful God looking down from heaven and seeing all the bad things that they had thought and done in their life and then causing massive, large-scale destruction of the world as punishment. Is that really who God is? Is it? Now, I have to admit, I've never really understood why people think this story is appropriate for children. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't tell the kids the story, but I don't understand why it's like number one on like the Bible's greatest hit list for kids. I get that the animals are cute. And the rainbow is pretty. But other than that, this story is terrifying. And the scariest part of it for us today is probably exactly the same thing that Shem, Ham, and Japheth found most scary. Which is the notion of an all-knowing, all-powerful God raining down destruction to punish us for our sin. I wonder if anyone here has ever wondered, even if just a little bit, if the bad things happening in your life are God's way of punishing you for something. Or if the bad things happening in the world, like crime, violence, natural disaster, maybe those are God's way of punishing our entire society for all the ways in which we collectively have done wrong. It's not an uncommon thing for people to ponder. But is that the God that we know? Well, no, it's not. I'll say that for starters, but why not? Why not? Well, the story of Noah and the ark and the rainbow covenant tells us why not. Because as we read in our scripture lesson this morning, when the floodwaters recede, And Noah and his sons are able to disembark from the boat for the first time in weeks or maybe even months. God speaks to them. And God says, Noah, Shem, Ham, Japheth, I have to admit something. I really wish I hadn't done this. Look at everything I've destroyed the trees, the flowers the crops, the homes, all of my beloved people, I regret flooding the world. In fact, I regret it so much that I'm going to make you a promise, an everlasting covenant to you and to all of creation. I promise that today and forevermore, I will never again respond to human sin with destruction. Never again is there anything you could do that would make me wish I hadn't created you in the first place. And God paints a rainbow across the sky. And he says to Noah and his sons, every time you see this rainbow, I want you to remember my promise. I want you to remember that no matter what, I am not going to destroy you because I love you. Because there is nothing you can do that would make me not want to keep trying to have a relationship with you. Now, As contemporary Christians, you and I are called to interpret God's word for us today in light of four things. Our best attempts at grappling with scripture, the grace that God has poured out on us through our tradition, what experience has taught us over the years and is still teaching us today, and what modern science and intelligence allow us to know. Contemporary archaeological data suggests absolutely no evidence that the entire world was ever flooded. But archaeologists do have evidence that a substantial flood occurred in the ancient Near East at the time of Noah, a flood so substantial that ancient people would have likely believed that the entire world had been destroyed. Now, our own city of Leminster was flooded just a few months ago, and so many of us can too easily imagine the damage and the destruction that 40 days and 40 nights of rainfall could have caused all those many thousands of years ago. For me, I don't know if God changed God's mind about the flood, or if God's people changed their minds about their interpretation of the events. But either way, and I go back and forth, either way, what matters the most is that we are left with the same promise. The promise symbolized by that rainbow. The promise that never again, or perhaps never ever, will God respond to human sin through destruction? Just like Shem, Ham, and Japheth, we to today, have a God who is all-knowing and all-powerful. We have a God who sees and knows everything about us, everything that we have done wrong, even the things that we aren't aware of yet. And God could destroy us for this. God has that ability. God could say, these human beings are living so far outside my will, I regret making them God could burn this whole thing down and wipe us out and send us to hell and start clean. But he doesn't. He doesn't. And he won't. And it's an eternal promise. It's an infinite covenant that God has made with all of humanity and all of creation forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, there is absolutely nothing you can do that could make God stop pursuing a relationship with you. Nothing. Because that is who our God is. His love for us and his desire to live in relationship with us is stronger than the worst sin that we could ever possibly commit. Beloved, this morning we have begun a sermon series that will continue throughout the series, the season of Lent. And the series is entitled God of Covenant. Over the next five weeks, we will look at how throughout the Bible, God establishes numerous covenants with God's people. And all of the covenants are about God pursuing relationship with human beings like you and like me, God trying again and again and again relentlessly in spite of our sin to make a way for us to dwell in loving relationship with him. This image that's on the front of your bulletin and up on the screens of a child and an adult holding hands looks something like the relationship that God longs to have. With us. When our daughter Esme was born, my husband John and I couldn't wait to begin forming a relationship with her. Immediately, we talked to her, we held her, we kissed her. And even from those very first hours of life in the hospital, she would wrap her entire little fist around one of our fingers and hold on tight. Now for the first 6 to 12 weeks of human life, human babies don't smile or provide any kind of facial feedback recognition to their caregivers. So at first, other than the fist holding, which is lovely, the relationship can feel kind of one-sided, an endless stream of diaper changes and feedings and naps but we didn't mind. In fact, we found ourselves doing the exact thing that almost every single new parent instinctively does, which is staring at our baby every day for hours on end. Literally, creating new pathways in our brains to allow us to know her and be in tune with who she is and what she needs. So strong was our desire for relationship with her. And let me tell you, not then, not now, not ever, is there anything that girl could do and she has done some things, (laughs) there is nothing she could do that would make us stop pursuing a relationship with her. So, beloved, next time you see a rainbow in the sky, what if you allowed God to remind you of his promise that there is absolutely nothing you can do that would make God stop pursuing a relationship with you. Amen.